0: Hey, Jacobin Radio listeners, this is Connor, your friendly audio producer, and I wanted to share our latest episode of the Jacobin Sports Show here on the main feed. We have the great writer Haley O'Shaughnessy of the Spinsters podcast, and she joins hosts Matthew Miranda and Jonah Birch for a wide-ranging discussion about basketball players' recent anti-vax comments, picks for the NBA Finals, and lots more up with all the episodes. All you have to do is search for Jacobin Sports on your favorite podcast app. So check it out. As always, leave us a rating on Apple and that helps keep us up in the charts. And thanks for listening
1: and welcome to episode 34 of the Jacobin Sports Show. I am Matthew Miranda, joined, as always, by the Bread and Circuses himself, Jonah Birch. Jonah, I'm very excited to tell you that after our conversation last week, completely coincidentally, that night, my partner and daughter mentioned Boggle, and I was like, I've never played Boggle, Jonah just mentioned Boggle. What am I missing with Boggle? So we played Boggle for, like, I think an hour, and it was really delightful. It was really, like, quite, quite good, so... It, it is I a delightful to, game. I, I,
0: you should know is. that I'm I'm just awful. I mean, I'm terrible. I pay, play with my friends, and I'm like, I'm the cannon yeah. fodder for their, you know, this is like, I'm a soldier
1: on the Western Front, you know, in World War I. I'm so, just getting slaughtered on a regular that basis. That makes me feel very welcome, and like, this is probably a place for me. Yeah, so, absolutely. I may join you in your boggle extravaganza. Good. Um, but before the boggle happens, we have today's episode. Today's episode features... A very special guest. Our guest is the executive producer and host of the Spinsters podcast, along with Jordan Liggins. She was a staff writer at The Ringer. She's written for Sports Illustrated. And she may be the only person in the history of this pod besides me ever to hang out in Paducah, Kentucky. Welcome to the Jacobin Sports Show. Haley O'Shaughnessy, how are you doing today, Haley?
2: I'm great. I'm great. Um, I've never played Boggle either. That I know of, but so happened in Paducah, so mm-hmm. let's ride. <laughs> that's, like,
1: that's like the social boggle. Uh, okay, we might as well get into, if nothing else, to get it out of the way. The main story from the other day, which was uh, the anti-vax comments slash reactions slash reactions to the reactions in the NBA. Um, I have many thoughts on this, but let's start with... Um, With our guest, Haley, there's been time to digest numerous angles of the story. I know you've spoken about it on your pod as well. Um, What stands out to you about this story, just on a human level or on a media level or on a celebrity level?
2: It's hard to talk about. You know, there's so many mm -hmm. aspects of it. In In the overarching way to think about it, I get mad at the government for not just paying people to stay Mm -hmm. home, um, that it's got to this stage. I think that Mm -hmm. being upset on an individual level with each individual person who decides to not get the vaccine is never as productive as being upset with the government. So there's that. But then it is so frustrating on an individual level, especially when the people who are saying they're – they have, you know, doubts about the vaccine or even, you know, I think the real pro- issue is hinting at it having a chip or, you know, all of the things that are obviously incorrect. Um I even have a relative who was telling my mom that, you know, they put fetuses in it. So, I mean...
1: I have an uncle <laughs> on the same page, so... <laughs>
2: yeah, so there's, you know, then there's that. And, and then even off of that, there's me being upset that with basketball players, with celebrities that, you know, I think... Me and Jordan talk about this all the time, but like it is just a flaw of celebrity that we expect them to have opinions to guide us on social issues, public health issues, really anything uh, that doesn't have to do with what they do. Mm -hmm. So that's another issue. But in turn with that, you can't... It's a bunch of things where you can't ignore the government failures, but you also can't ignore that these players have a platform, but you also can't ignore mm-hmm. that they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and also like the information, the way that the the Biden administration has shown uh, they want to give good information out there and really market this thing. They've like hired TikTokers and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like I'm just, there's so much frustration at every level, which has uh, manifested today in a tweet I'd like to read hey. to you guys. By the horrible Ted Cruz, who has a, you know, really like weird Twitter presence because he tries to be playful. Um, so he tweeted. Hang on. I actually got to go back because it looks like he's tweeted quite a bit today. He tweeted, I stand with Kyrie Irving. I stand with Andrew Wiggins. I stand with Bradley Beal. Hey. I stand with Jonathan Isaac. And then he said, hashtag NBA. Hashtag your body, your choice, which is just makes me want to rip my fucking hair out because that's so ironic. And then Stan Van Gundy responded to it and said, hold on, let me pull up his response because this was equally, I'm like, you might need to like get off Twitter, Stan Van Gundy. He said, hell froze over, Ted Cruz standing with black people. And then Ted Cruz quote tweeted, Stan, and said, your party, ellipses, founded the KKK. Oh, my God. Your party, ellipses, wrote Jim Crow. Your party, wrong your. So the first two yours, he's done the correct spelling. This one, he's doing Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, which is like maybe he's getting flustered in the middle of it. Ellipses filibustered the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Your party, pivoting back to the correct spelling, (laughs) Ellipses has a sitting governor, Virginia, who featured a picture of a Klansman in his yearbook. Your party, Ellipses, opposes school choice, the top civil right issue today. So, um, just a dumpster fire.
0: Wow, there's a lot to unpack there.
2: (laughs) So much, but the main thing is, like, guys... If he, and then he's, he's got a bunch of tweets about, like, I am so sub- in support of LeBron James because LeBron was mm-hmm. calling it a personal issue, um, which is the other thing, I guess. And I'm sorry you guys cut me off from talking, but I- implying it's a personal issue when it's clearly, it's mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, it's not a personal issue. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. How do there's we
0: feel about Stan Van Gundy these days, by the way? I, I you know, So many mixed feelings. I don't know if his Twitter presence uh, has.
2: No, he really. I mean, you can't. You can't stay good (laughs) on that site for long. But I think he tweeted something about the Iraq presence. I don't want to miss. I don't want to misquote him. Something about was that him? Somebody tweeted something like, "We got it. We had to be in Iraq," and I was like, "No, we didn't." (laughs) So I don't know. It's just like maybe don't be on Twitter if you don't have to. I mean, it's funny. Be on Instagram. Be on TikTok. Be on something that's friendlier. Bumble or something.
0: I, I, that's an incredible tweet. And um, by the way, I, I'm wondering if you're, do you feel sick of talking about this? Like I listen to your podcast pretty religiously. It's great. It really is a great, it's a great podcast, Daily. Um, and uh, I, I learn a lot from it and it's very smart and it's very funny. Um, you do it multiple times a week over the summer like i you know there's only a limited number of stories that you can uh, obviously pick apart this time of year i know you spent a long time on the ben simmons pot you know topic last week is this something that you think is going to get beaten into the ground over you know whatever over the next week is it i mean the nba also came out today and basically said if you miss games because you're unvaccinated right you're not going to get paid and i'm pretty sure that's going to settle the issue for a lot of people um you know or maybe i don't not.
2: know because when it comes to someone like kyrie yeah he's got enough you know or not not enough i'm not trying to like act like you know sure. those people who say like why do they need to be paid more you know you're you're you earn the money if they're offering it to you because you've established that you're worth your play is worth that price but for some of them for kyrie i'm not sure i mean it's going to really affect the team i think it's less about pay than it is peer pressure because if he under new york i don't think it's law but rules right now he can't play home games he won't be able to be a- allowed in the arena Yeah. so i think the pressure of the nets doing well might affect him more than money i don't know if that's true for like jonathan isaac but i i'm not sick of talking about it in the same way they're just they're a little bit incomparable because with Ben Simmons I'm like guys he just wants to go. Yeah. Philly fans are obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. They're obsessed and this I tweeted the other day like guy he just doesn't want to do it. Just kind of like let it be. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you were upset with him, but somebody quote tweeted and said no. He's the bad guy. <laughs> it's not a Marvel movie he just wants to move on, you know? Like clearly this hasn't been good for anybody. You're upset. Hey. With the vaccines it's just so different because this is an ongoing thing, and it's you know Ben Simmons like not an issue. Yeah. It's just a, a reality of the team. This is literally this is an issue. You know, my roommate and I were just talking about what do we think is going to happen this winter. You know, I I don't I don't know. None of us really know about Delta breakthrough cases. You know, all this stuff just changes every week. But what will be an issue? Oh, my God, there's a bug crawling on my wall. <laughs>
0: no. Sorry,
2: I'm really bad with bugs.
0: You're having a tough time. It flew away. That's the current
2: issue. It flew away.
0: <laughs>
2: um, that, that's the current issue. Is there's a fucking bug on my wall. Um, the, you know, them being not being able to play in games is an issue for the NBA. It's also an issue that 10% aren't vaccinated. Maybe that number is already dwindled since media day and the um, spreading misinformation is a huge issue. The NBA really cares about its image. I think the, one of the first podcasts we did, it was probably the second podcast was relooking at the all-star game, the first game back for magic Johnson when he had announced that he had HIV and The NBA had to go out of its way, along with the MBPA, who did really wonderful work um, that I don't think they were credited with properly. So we tried to to look at what they did and what they did was send doctors around to the locker rooms and, you know, talk to their wives, but talk to the players in this environment in their locker rooms where they could ask questions, where they could feel safe, where they did exercises about, uh, what counts as intimacy, what counts as cheating, what counts as, you know, how is it transmitted? And they'd play games, they had M&Ms. They really had to make this work. I think it was a mixture of public image. Sure, Magic was one of two players who defined the league at that time. But it was also about, let's get rid of the stigma. Because at that time, and maybe the NBA wouldn't say this now, but the people I talked to said it, Then they didn't think it was possible that only magic would have this in the coming years. And people were terrified. What they've done now is like the opposite. And I'm not sure how much they can control this, but maybe they have sent doctors around. Maybe they've had big meetings, but this is like the opposite. It's going the complete opposite way. And one of the things that they've done to perpetuate this, whether they realize it or not, was play last season, and pick up with the bubble. You're making it seem like you can live life completely normal if you don't take this seriously. The bubble they did take it seriously. They were very strict, but they still played basketball amid a pandemic that is spread by breathing on e- on other people, which is how basketballs played. So I, I, they've put themselves a bit in this position. I'm not saying it's entirely their fault that some of the players are loud. Anti-vaxers, but
0: I mean, it's funny because I, you know, if there's a silver lining to this whole thing, it's really clarified for me what drives me, and I think a lot of us crazy about Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie, you know uh, So I'm a Celtics fan. Just I'm from Boston. Just putting my cards on the table. But there's something uh, setting setting that history aside. Someone who often has taken he's he's kind of gestured at things. I think are politically important or good. Stuff around standing rock, around Palestinians. And there's a long history of people on the left who really identify with kind of iconoclastic anti-hero figures in sports standing up to power. Some of whom have some batshit crazy ideas. And you know, so like Muhammad Ali, who I love, who's a hero. You know, you can find all sorts of ridiculous things that he said, whether it's about very conservative ideas about gender. Go online and Google Muhammad Ali interracial relationships, and you will find a clip of him saying absurd things about, you know, how black people should be with black people. Jews should be with Jews. And you're like, well, that's fucked up. Right. But but when it came down to it, there was actually some kind of belief system there. And on some crucial question i mean the vietnam war he took a stand that cost him something and there's something about kyrie that and and all of this it it it's part of the whole do i just want to got to do my research thing which we all know is completely disingenuous it's the same way when people say i don't see race we know they're being disingenuous and they mean something else i'm not you know i'm i'm not drawing a one to one comparison there but there's this political aesthetic, and it ties together Ted Cruz with these people, however much they want to deny it, with Kyrie or Andrew Wiggins. That's like the, I'm not a sheep, I'm thinking for myself thing. And there's no substance there. There's no there there. It's all about portraying yourself in this way as like, a, and it makes me not, it makes me not trust even the good things that you say. I'm not, you know, I I don't know if that's unfair, but it it makes me it makes me nuts right I mean it makes me nuts to watch this. It goes beyond the the pandemic itself. there's some you know there's a there's a political thing happening here that i that I find upsetting i guess i would say
2: no, it's very frustrating because the the Kyrie arc has been difficult uh because there's so much nuance and I'm sure you know you you were in this environment with Boston fans. When he was talking about mental health, I'm always inclined to take his side over sure. Celtics fans, sorry, <laughs> um, over any sports fans. You know, we have a really hard time, it seems, as a whole, reconciling with the fact that that is more important than our trophies that aren't even ours or even games played that aren't, you know, that don't matter Absolutely. or won't lead to a championship. And he also seems to have this really unique thing in twenty twenty one. Yeah, we're still in 2020. <laughs> 2021, 2020, where his activism isn't isn't for his for clout. I don't wanna sound so cynical to say that all the well known activists now are doing it for clout, but He certainly never took that approach, and although he expressed a lot of frustration at being misunderstood and misinterpreted, I do think what he did was more important than what the leaders of the MBPA decided to do also as a reaction to some things in the last couple years. And I have a hard time criticizing any of it. I'm not in their position. Yep. But with Kyrie... I just admired it. I thought this was really unique the way he's doing it, and even though he gets so much shit because he didn't get along with the team and it all kinds of bleeds together um for you know, Boston fans are gonna hate him no matter what yeah sure right. but there's something so unique about the way that he has gone about what he cares about the way he's stood up for himself uh for mental health and just needing a break and meshing or not meshing with people. There's so much of the NBA, well, sports and athletes that it sort of removes them from real life. This kind of goes into the Benson things too. Do you like all your coworkers? You know, have it's you ever quit point. a job because yeah. it's unbearable to to work for a certain person who doesn't, who slights you, who doesn't believe in you? Yes. None of us know what has actually happened, but we've seen what happened in the press conferences. I would not like that. Um, We've all quit jobs or we've hated jobs or because it's not a good situation or maybe the city's not even a good situation or you need to leave and be close to your family. I don't care what it is, but just because they're getting paid a lot more than you or me, I mean, I I don't know what you're getting paid, but they're getting paid a lot more than me doesn't mean that all of these situations aren't aren't similar. You know, we can't put through lines to them. So yes, I, I, f- I feel for Kyrie or I have in the past and then this shit happens. <laughs> and it makes me so upset because in some ways I really admire the way he approaches things. And in other ways I say, this is actually really damaging. Mm-hmm. Like this is really damaging. And there, this is the, the thing I probably should have brought up earlier when we were first talking about this. It's not the same for me trusting something that comes up from the government because I'm white, my family's white. It's not the same. There's a history there that's different. I'm sure our family stories are different. You know, I've never had any conversations with my family about does the doctor believe you? Are they listening to you? You know, are they taking you seriously? Um it goes I mean there's a there's a long history there. So I try to acknowledge all of that. But it is really frustrating. It's so frustrating to be such a fan of a person and defend a person and then this happens. And with someone like Jonathan Isaac, I'm like, yeah, no shit, you know? I saw this tweet the (laughs) other day that said if he ever told me he really believes in something, I'm going the other fucking way. And I would too, but... Yeah. And Bradley Beals that was really annoying too. I think the the main thing from Media Day that really frustrated me. Yeah, the misinformation. Sure. Like you just you're saying something like millions of people don't watch you say it. But the with the pride, you know, their chests were just puffed out yep. about it. Yep. And this isn't a matter of like, oh, are you a Louisville fan or a UK fan? Are you a Celtics fan or Lakers fan? Sure. You know, This is it's not even like necessarily like Democrat or Republican, because sometimes those get so fan basey, too. This is like, no, people died. People are actively dying. Hospitals are overrun. This isn't something to puff your chest out about. If you want to be anti-vax, why can't you just say but you acknowledge that COVID is real? Why don't you just say, I don't want to get this, but I'm going to do everything that I can to wear a mask, to keep people safe. You know what I mean? That's what frustrates me too. The pride behind Mm -hmm. it—it's just—it's weird. It feels misdirected. This isn't something to be like proud of. All of us should be very somber on this subject. Mm -hmm. So yeah.
1: Kirk Cousins is the only—he's the only athlete I've heard so far who has said something along those lines of like, "I'm not going to get vaccinated." But he gave like a a list of everything he was going to do, which actually made it sound more ridiculous because you could just get the shot and not do the 18 things. Um, Two connections that you made that I think are really um, important to keep in mind kind of about double standards that are happening here, which I think this is exposing double standards for a lot of different groups of people. One is the media. And as you said, you know, in 2020, when they decided to have the bubble, I found, you know, I found that weird It was not weird to watch. It was weird to comprehend that we were at a stage where it seemed important enough to do it. Like, it just seemed like you've been gone for a month. But, okay, they did it, and it was celebrated, particularly by the the media that covers the league. Great job by the NBA. Everyone's praising them. Last season, when the fans returned to New York, like I cover the Knicks, and they didn't get fans back until the playoffs. And they haven't been in the playoffs in years, and there was just all this hype about how great it was to have a third of a crowd or half a crowd. And you're watching on TV and you're watching strangers sitting right next to each other, as you said, when there is a global pandemic that only requires breathing to spread. And you see that media double standard where the same media that's like, this is a great New York, the garden sounds like the garden is the same media now that is going to call out these players specifically and make Bradley Beal look like a villain or make, Andrew Wiggins looked like a jerk when sorry, you can't have it both ways. You can't celebrate and cover And But the other one that I think you pointed out that's really been especially jarring to me um, this week is you you made mention of 10 Cruz and the irony of his hashtag, you know, your body, your choice. There are three NBA teams in the state of Texas. I might be wrong on this. I have heard in the last week, at least a dozen players, you know, expounding on the virtues of bodily autonomy to not get a shot during a pandemic that might save someone else's life, if not their own. I haven't heard a single comment from any NBA player about the Texas abortion ban and the impact it has on bodily autonomy for many more people than 450 NBA players. Not a word. And I I understand that we all have our double standards and we all have things you could call out and be like, hey, there's just something really jarring about you know, Jonathan Isaac, I'm sure, took the doctor's advice when he tore his ACL, went for the surgery, trusted them for the rehab, but now when it's mixed up with something politically, uh, my autonomy is too important, and silence on on a major issue of the day. Like, there's just something that really hurts seeing that because it just, I don't, I think athletes get a bad rap, as you were saying, Haley. Like, they're not really different in a lot of ways than all of us, and if we held ourselves to the same standard that we hold them to, that would be probably more impactful of actually making a better world and a better society. But then, uh, Kyrie's the, the poster boy for this, something like this happens and you're like, Ugh. like, how could you read from the script that badly and get it this wrong?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard with the, you know, you said that thing about the abortion ban and I was like, wow, that's so true. I didn't even think about that. But then... Am I contradicting myself when I say, really, like, I don't want to look to them to speak out to things? On the other hand, look what happens when they do. Look how happens and W players do.
1: Right. Right? It's. Yeah.
2: It, yeah. That's, you're right. That's, that's a really good point. Um, and that kind of thing hurts my feelings.
1: Yeah, it's very <laughs> There's painful. really, there's
2: no other way but to say it. But, you know, like, sometimes that that kind of thing hurts my feelings. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh what was the first thing you said? I had something else to say about that as well. But
1: It was about um the media. First thing was about the media double standards. The
2: media, right. That's why this it all of this is so complex and there's just like 30 ways to slice one slice of pie. That's mm-hmm. not even an expression. Um
1: You're very hungry, I can tell.
2: Uh, okay, I was telling you guys before we started, I had two biscuits and like a couple pieces of saltwater taffy. I'm really hungry, but I'm so happy to be here. That's a great Just meal, by that the when way. Saltwater
0: taffy, that's
1: amazing. That you're <laughs> My
2: uh, my roommate brought it back. He was in Santa Barbara this weekend. So nice. I, I guess he got saltwater taffy there. And um, for the
1: taffy, even better.
2: Yeah, exactly. The media, uh, I've actively tried to distance myself from the title sounds pretentious from the zone of of media i guess because i have a huge issue with the structure itself hmm. you see there's a lot with sport and athletics and not so much with politics or uh other kinds of reporting because in sport there's this kind of weird ingrained thing where it's very easy for media to be super intrusive and ask questions that they shouldn't be asking and to also do it with a weird entitled tone. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's really no other way to say it except for majority of media members are white and the majority of athletes in the NBA and NFL are black. And so there's this really uncomfortable dynamic that is called out, lot but is not still fixed however i say the intrusive stuff i say the weird line of questioning stuff and then you know do i have a problem more of a problem with the athlete who's saying this or do i have a problem with like do i have a bigger problem with andrew wiggins saying this than the media member who asked her who asked him to talk to cat
1: right it's just weird
2: like that was horrible She said, "She's like, have you talked to Carl recently? Obviously, we're talking about Carl Anthony Towns who's lost multiple people close to him to COVID, had COVID himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michael Pena from SI wrote that profile on him, which everyone should read, I think Mm -hmm. two days ago, three days ago, Mm -hmm. that said he lost 50 pounds. He was having a terrible time. Mentally, he's been having a hard time. Leave him the fuck alone, Mm -hmm. right? Leave him alone. The other thing is, That's not a gotcha. It's not. It's just a slap in the face to Carl because if it was a gotcha, the point is, oh, did you even think about this teammate? Everybody knows. Everyone in that league knows it's a small league, small rosters. What happened to Carl? Mm -hmm. You're not doing a gotcha. You're doing a like, hey, Carl, who definitely has a phone and Internet and is going to see this. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Andrew Wiggins doesn't give a fuck about what happened because he's saying this loudly and proudly? It's it's so gross on both sides.
1: There's another warped standard there too, which I think gets in a you can get into anything from this, but like our our weirdness with celebrity culture. Because it's not like Andrew Wiggins, first of all, like you're saying, when I have a medical, you know, question, I don't think what would Andrew Wiggins make of this question. Hey. But there's also this weird celebrity culture hangup that we have where, first of all, if it's true that it's 10% or less of the NBA players who are not vaccinated, that would be, as, as has been noted by Michelle Roberts and others, higher than the general public. And Andrew Wiggins, Bradley Beal, they're not offering radical new, you know, epidemiological points of view on why you shouldn't, like what they're saying are things that everyone has heard or seen probably in their own community. There's a level where I think this matters because NBA players have clout. Just as a as a union, they have clout. There's a part of me that wonders, like, are we digging a little too much into these people specifically because it's NBA Media Day and we have access and we're used to expecting okay, you're you've been asked a question, now respond and, and follow up. When I I don't feel like I'm learning anything from the players. It was a sad day. It was very sad literally that day on Twitter to scroll through especially Isaac's comments, like just made me sad, but they're not, it's not like, Oh my God, where is this cult coming from? Like we've been hearing this since last year. Is it a big deal? Is it objectively a big deal? Is it a big deal because it's NBA players and they presumably just have more influence? Because I I know that like, you know, personal anecdote, you know, fallacy, but like, I don't know a single person who's going to make a medical decision one way or the other based on what an athlete says. If you're already against the vaccine, I don't think it matters what someone says. And if you're not against the vaccine, you're not going to be like, well, Bradley Beal said that. So is it an issue because it actually affects the world around us or is it an issue because something celebrity, entitlement, I'm not sure?
2: Well, maybe nobody's going to outright say I made this decision because of Bradley Beal, but misinformation has a way of steamrolling. And... Mm -hmm you pick something up. My family member picked up the fetus thing and was never going to get vaccinated. But now has that to say when me and my mom are like, you have to get vaccinated. You are older. You are at risk. Now they've got the fetus thing. So the more like, and Bradley Beal, even just saying my body, my choice Mm -hmm. or whatever he fucking said was, is kind of that thing. So when you are able to pick up rhetoric and use it as your own and spin it and feel more confident, behind what you're going to say. I think it's more of an endorsement to what you're already feeling because people can be persuaded into being rational, I think, I hope. I mean, it's actually probably contradicts a lot of the articles I've read about like people's families saving them from Q. It, you really don't go back. They've said the best way to prevent it is to get people to never see that stuff in the first place, mm. which is a leap from what we're talking about. I'm not saying anything. No, it
0: isn't actually. You know? I think it totally but, connects. Yeah.
2: But, uh, yeah, the other thing is that I do, I see what you're saying, but as long as the athletes answer that so loudly, it becomes more of a thing for media to cover about how the NBA is handling this. Also, it's just unavoidable that this does impact play. It impacts teams. It impacts chances. There's a Bovada line on what? How many games Kyrie will play? Is there really? Yes. So, saying, you, did you bet the over
1: or the, the
0: under? Are you putting money down? I, on this? I did
2: not. Hey. I, I try not to do NBA futures because they take too long to pay out. Hey. Um, hey. but but yeah, they it, it does affect the team. To, you know, technically, when you think about Nets health, that's been the big thing for the past two years, right? This is going to be no different. This mm-hmm. is technically a health issue. So I get, I get, I go back and forth. I go back and forth. Mm-hmm. There's really no, it's hard to feel anything, I think, except for rage. And then if you're lucky in the moments, you're not seeing it on your timeline or not on Twitter. You're able to sort through it a bit better, but yeah, it's all, it's all bad.
1: Let's move on to a happier subject. Which is- <laughs> 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 your your origin story, which I believe begins in the great state of Kentucky, and is that true?
2: No. I mean, my parents are both from Kentucky. They met at Louisville. Um, mm. My mom was a keeper. Mm. Well, I mean, like, she was a goalkeeper. Um, I mean,
1: promise keeper. A I was, was, I did not strong. She's all think
2: kinds the, of she, Yeah, she's Kentucky, all you kinds of
1: Goalkeeper was not
0: keeper, what I was taking <laughs>
2: Keeper would be cool. Yeah, no, she played, she played soccer there. She was a goalkeeper. Okay, okay. Also, okay. a keeper of secrets. Um, no, I'm just kidding. She, yeah, so they're both from Kentucky. My family's, uh, my dad's side's Louisville, my mom's side's Northern Kentucky, but I was born in Ohio. We moved mm. around quite a bit before I got to Kentucky. Um, I went to probably the majority of my schooling in very rural Indiana. The mm. tagline for all of that that I always tell people is there were more cows than people mm. in the town I grew up in. And the closest Walmart was like 35 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So very small, um, almost too small to, that college sports were the thing there. So NBA came a bit later. And, yeah, then I went to school at Louisville and uh, lived in Kentucky after that. But hey, that's home for sure.
0: Can you teach us how to say Louisville the right way? Because there's mm-hmm. no way – I am i don't think either of us, as true Northeasterners, have any, any fucking clue how to do that. Uh, well,
2: let's hear it. Let's hear you both say it.
0: Louisville. 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 Sorry. The last
2: one was good. Okay. What about you, Matthew?
0: Louisville. That's a Long Island. No, you know, you got it wrong. He's trying <laughs> coffee. You know?
2: no, that's horrible. That's hey. worse. It's Lou. Yeah. Uh. Lou uh. Vol. Lou Louisville. 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 Wow. Yeah. If you Louisville. are like from from there or from maybe a southern more southern part of the state, it's Louisville. I like that.
0: Let yeah. me let me ask you this question: Does does Rick Pitino say it correctly? That's my real question. You know, did he say it the right way when he was when he was there? And and what are your feelings about Rick Pitino now? As a,
2: <laughs> the um, I actually don't know if he said it correctly. I think that we all loved him so much that even if he didn't, we probably just like blacked out every single time. Um, <laughs> Look. <laughs> I it's one of the like problematic things about me that he was just such a big part of my childhood and adolescence that I I love him. Like there's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean I just there's some sports people where you're like, yeah, you're kind of a problem, but I just I really like him. Yeah. You know, it's my my brother and I like always would joke about when we were um he was high school. I was middle school. Like the when we got our own apartment, like the different Louisville shrine things we would make. Like it was obviously a joke where we were never going to take it that far. But patina was always one of them. And then like when Charlie came and coached football, we just loved him too. It was it was a beautiful time before I knew sports. I also had a bad side, and so yeah. I I hang on to that memories from that time very intensely. And I think that's why I. Still have fond feelings about Rick. Mm-hmm.
0: The, the, the Louisville Kentucky rivalry, which is pretty intense from what I understand, you know, and there are definitely super fans on both sides. Ashley Judd on the one hand, and I don't know who is on the Louisville side. Is it like, do you, is it Purvis Ellison? Who is like a, a Louisville super fan that you would, um, is, is there anyone that comes to mind? Or this um, is. Well, yeah.
2: Bill Murray is now.
0: Okay. Is it?
2: Because his son is on the, his assistant on the coaching staff. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. hmm Um, who else? I think Jennifer Lawrence, maybe. Hmm. But, um, so, that's so, not great either.
0: So this is like a, it's a rivalry between the two. They're the biggest cities in Kentucky, right? And they're kind of North Central. So like Eastern Kentucky, for example, mining country, some of the poorest counties in the, in the country. Are out there. Mm-hmm. Are is there any? And I don't know anything about Western Kentucky, so you guys can tell me. Since you've been to Paducah, Matthew, uh, you know you can tell me about the Ohio River and you know I, I don't know. It's a beautiful, beautiful piece of water. Abraham Lincoln's family or something. Is it the rest of the state part of this rivalry, or is it like concentrated in these two big cities? And um, yeah, is there any larger significance to it? Is there like a political significance, an economic significance to it, or it's you know no. uh
2: the whole the whole state is UK or U of L. Okay. Yeah. Even when football season comes. But yeah. I would say the majority of them are probably UK. Especially yeah. With my experience South, it is even yeah, Appalachia too, it's I haven't found much Louisville. Sometimes, but it's like you were the maybe you're like the black sheep of the family and so yeah,
0: the the rebel. I
2: think it's yeah, yeah the rebel. The reputation that I grew up with, and maybe this is because my I'm from a family of Louisville fans, was that well the whole the the phrasing that UK fans will say is like big brother, or little brother, and so it was always felt like the underdog and the ones who did it right because we were so sure Cal was paying the players, which is so funny now because I'm like <laughs> yeah, you should be good for them um but you know we were just and our players wouldn't go off to school right or go off to the league right away so I do think that it was that made it um possible for us to develop more of a you know fan relationship with them but you know then you grow up and you're like well maybe they should just go make the most of the living that they can so they can retire early and be happy and not have to work. (laughs) But that was the reputation when I was growing up since the last like eight years have just been hell and horrible. And every year there's like three scandals and people are arrested and things are taken away and, you know, recruits, scholarships, a championship perhaps. So that's – it's been a a lot of heartbreak and the happy spot – for me, has been the women's team. Mm. Just fantastic. Um, mm. So much fun to cheer for. It feels like it used to feel cheering for the men's team, but now it's just so much scandal. And it ha- it's not ending. I was just talking to somebody who covers Louisville, and they gave me some information that made me very sad that I'm sure is mm. going to make everyone very sad in a week or two. It's a lot. It's a lot. It, I've definitely had to turn for happiness elsewhere, hope and happiness elsewhere.
1: You know what, Haley? we're going to turn right now to hope and happiness elsewhere with a brand new segment that I'm going to say we did not steal from your show. We are sampling it from the spinsters. You mentioned in your last episode you guys did a true and false, but there was also mention of truth or dare. And I found it interesting that you pivoted away from that. We don't hide from that here at the Jacqueline Sports (laughs) Show. So we're going to be doing a truth or dare trip through the world of sports. A little different. I will ask you both questions, truth or dare, but they don't have to be personal. They may just be about sports. So truth, using your head, Haley and Jonah, who does your head tell you will win the NBA title this year? Your logical, rational, no heart, no feelings. What does your head tell you will win it all?
2: Before media day, I would have said the Nets.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: i I just logically. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna choose the Celtics. But uh. <laughs> no, no. What if? What big Pritchard
2: guy? <laughs> big Dennis Schroeder guy. Hey, Ennis Candor mm. is really gonna matter this time around. I promise.
1: He, he makes what layups if, like you wouldn't believe. Listen,
0: no. you know he's he's very quick. He adds a lot to the to the team. What if the Sixers shock us all and somehow come back? Would that be? Even as a Sixers hater, that would be a great story. I, I would be totally into that if if Joel Embiid somehow leads the Sixers to a championship with or without Ben Simmons. I, I would be very impressed by that. I don't think it's going to happen. If there's going
2: to be a surprise team this year, sort of like how Milwaukee – I don't think people were expecting them to actually follow through on it last year. I think the surprise team is going to be the Nuggets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. I really do. Uh I don't even I don't think the Lakers are a safe call either. I just don't feel good about their longevity. Probably because they've already lived so much life. <laughs> <Sick>. <laughs> a lot of years, a lot of, really years, lot of miles
0: on that team. Yeah.
1: Ten, 10 years ago they're definitely the favorites. Hey. Maybe not now. So I dare you now to answer with your heart. Forget your brain, forget reason. Hey. Who does your heart and I don't mean your favorite team, because obviously yeah. I know who Jonah will pull for. But I'm saying the longest long shot, the longest dark horse that you think you know, you're not gonna pick the the pistons, but like who's the longest long shot that it would do good for your heart, not as a fan of the team, just as a human being, if this team wins? And why is the answer the New York Knicks? <laughs> I'm sorry, whoever you wanna whoever you wanna hey. say, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: I was wondering, because I, I looked at the email just before we got on, and you said that maybe we'll talk about the Knicks, and I was like, why? <laughs> but this makes sense. Oh, there's a lot so, of many sense reasons, so many reasons. So many reasons. Well, it's actually, the, I'll say it is the long shot that I said. I think it's the Nuggets. I don't know why. I just yeah. have a feeling about that. Well, I do know why. Uh, I think it, everything is lining up at the perfect time. I think Jokic is going to be even better than we've ever seen him before. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I actually don't know Jamal's timetable.
1: It's close. But like he, he
2: will return sometime in the season. Mm-hmm. Maybe not I love them either.
1: getting Gordon. I love Yeah. I, I thought last year if they were healthy, they I would have had them coming out of the West, I think.
2: I don't know anymore how I feel about the Suns mm-hmm. after that playoff series, but
1: Yeah. Haley, you're as
0: a as a L LA Los L- L- Los Angelino, how, how do we feel about the Clippers as a I mean you know LA's second team which i know lots of people hate but uh what yeah how, how are you how are we feeling about them
2: it feels like very mechanical not in yeah. a good way yep. so i never really have too much faith in them this feels so like sports 101 to say something you'd catch in like the inspirational sports movie but i don't feel like they have heart Mm. I mm-hmm. don't I Cohesion's been their Biggest problem for years Well since The Super team has been Assembled It's been Cohesion mm-hmm. and heart And Is this just because sure They'll be good But yeah. I don't think That they can do it all
0: Is this because of how Kawhi and Paul George Looked at that At that Groundbreaking event Or whatever During the
2: No I don't blame them That that was not fun. <laughs> was That did not look fun Painful Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. think I would have Had fun there either
1: No Absolutely not Let me give you a WNBA truth or dare.
2: Okay. Um,
1: after Seattle fell in overtime in a classic game against Phoenix afterwards, Diana Taurasi led the storm crowd in a one more year chant for Sue Bird, which was just like a beautiful Sue Bird was moved, you know, very emotionally by it. It was just beautiful. Um, WNBA is just a very easy league to follow and root for, like just in terms of, if you care about humanity, um, There's really no larger truth to this. That's the truth. I just think it's so beautiful, like, how that worked. The (laughs) dare is, and I did not know this until I read the recap, that game occurred in an arena in Everett, Washington, called the Angel of the Winds Arena. I dare you to name a more beautiful sponsor for an arena name in all of sports (laughs) than the Angel of the Winds Arena.
2: Oh, man. I can't. There
1: is none. The answer is... They're
2: all... there are, all the other ones are, are pretty bad. Can I
1: just? Yeah, they're gross.
0: You know, I live in Milwaukee. No, you can not say TV garden. Don't say TV garden. <laughs> no, no, no. no, 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 so. no. I'm in Milwaukee, yeah. and my <laughs> students, me and my students, are always they're always making fun of me. I had I had them all practice the Boston accent today, and uh, you know, explain to them that my culture is indeed a costume. You know, but I went to the <laughs> Brewers game on Sunday, and uh, and it's at American uh, American Family Field. Which replaced Miller Park. The local mom and pop brewery getting displaced by the gigantic, you know, insurance company. <laughs> you know, poor the poor Miller brand is just, you know, it's getting sidelined by these these terrible insurance companies. So I'm very upset about that. Capitalism. You know? It is. Say Capitalism me, is Say always, that always the problem. That's exactly strikes right? again. Uh-huh. Yep. It's it's strikes again.
1: Drop. It's so true. Hey. NFL truth. Tom Brady, returning to Foxborough this Sunday for the first time as an opposing player. I know Jonah will be very emotional for that game. There's been speculation that maybe Brady has seen it all and done it all. Maybe he'll be emotionally rattled by this experience. I want to know the truth. Would you be if you succeeded wildly in the field of your dreams, but then you had to go back to where it all began? So, Haley, maybe for you, that would be the courier something in Louisville... Um, <laughs> yeah thank you the courier journal if you if you made it you know you accomplished all your dreams you buried all your enemies and then for some reason you have to take a trip back to the courier journal would you be full of emotion or would it feel like i left this place and i and i'm i'm good
2: i'm the wrong person to ask because i'm always full of emotion <laughs> i cried walking my dog earlier because she looks so happy <laughs>
0: Can I just say, Haley, you did this episode with um, Katie, Katie uh, Nolan, and it was Mm -hmm. actually really touching and honest. And I sat in my car today after class and listened to it for like an extra twenty minutes. It was so I've never heard a sports podcast quite like it. Like it was something very genuine about it. It's I was yeah I was kind of thrown by it. It was so. Touching. That's and very
2: sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Katie is, uh, she's so good at that. At just like disarming people and, you know, just talking to, talking on a, a obviously on a podcast because we are constantly remem- reminded because we're speaking into mics, So it's kind of hard to not remember, but mm-hmm. she's, she just makes everything very comfortable. She's very good at that because she's a genuine person herself. So mm-hmm. all, all kudos to her, but thank you for listening.
0: A fellow Bostonian. You know, a fellow mm-hmm. asshole, you know, we're, we're, we're an honest people. That's absolutely true. Um, so they, would absolute success mean that you replaced Max Kellerman across Stephen A. Smith? That's my other question. You know, is that, <laughs> is that the ultimate dream job? Do you think you could, you, how would you do on first take as a, you know?
2: I would be really bad because I don't disagree a lot. I like, but. Somebody said one time very early on that Jordan and I should set up the show so we, there's a lot of like tension and we disagree. And we were just like, no, that's, <laughs> no. Yeah. And I think that some things are so silly that they don't need to be argued. If I can tell that you're not arguing or you're arguing disingenuinely, then I'm not going to argue back. So I'd be mm-hmm. really bad at it. And that's also not the end goal. The end goal is to disappear somewhere in a society. Cottage in southern France and
1: raise sheep. Ironically, also Max Kellerman's dream. So it's <laughs> yeah. that you would say that.
2: Uh, that's the spot that. we're competing <laughs> for. <laughs> <laughs> that, that,
1: that's where the real players play the game. Um, I wanted to ask, along the lines of this Brady check reunion, the dare question is I dare you to share the most awkward sports reunion that you have ever experienced as a fan. So I know for myself, when Pat Riley came back to New York after leaving from Miami and he walked out onto the floor and the crowd, I have never heard Madison Square Garden boo that loudly. And Riley is literally waving it on. And I felt like my parents were divorcing. It was very, very difficult. I want to know if you have ever had a moment of watching sports where you felt that sincere level of like discomfort and anxiety.
2: Well, as an outsider with no stake in it, I thought the Kyrie one was quite uncomfortable. It was um, mm-hmm. coming back to Boston, but I would say familiar. the one that has affected me the most, that I've seen the most replays of since, is Patino going back to UK after coming mm. to Bell. Yeah. yeah.
0: Wait what? What was it like? Yeah, I total, total I don't good. even. I don't remember it at all. What?
2: Well. Um, Did they boo him? So basketball is the biggest sport in Kentucky. The two colleges are religions and political parties. He is despised by whoever he's not with. <laughs> we're also talking about Kentuckians. What do you think it was like?
0: <laughs> I didn't know you were a border state during the Civil War. You couldn't decide. I, You know, what What? you... <laughs> No, it was probably border state purposes. doesn't
2: border. If you're a border state, then you are with the bad party. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> fair just, if you're a neutral, you're with the bad party. That's, that's what sometimes you got
0: to be conquered. You know, um, I, I I think for me it might have been Antoine Walker coming back as a member of the Miami Heat in uh, 2005. Oh. You know, that was right. oh the Ray
2: Allen, Allen one. Ray yeah, Allen that was really awkward. That's yeah.
1: actually exactly Ray
2: Allen. Yeah, can can I? That's can,
1: hard to watch. I don't care about the Celtics, and that's hard to watch. To this day, when you hear that, like, Rondo's not in the text chat or something, or Allen's not, that's hard. That's like bullying. The thing that's so complicated is I I love Rondo. I
0: I love Rondo. I love him even though he won a championship with the Lakers. Like, I I, I truly love him. And I love KG. And honestly, it's hard for me not to side with them against Ray Allen, even though objectively I understand that justice is on Ray Allen's side. It, does that make me a bad person?
2: These—I just told you—I still love Rick Pitino, so
0: there you go, yeah. there you go. Sh- we're all flawed.
2: I,
1: we are. Yeah. We're all sinners in this world. Yeah. <laughs> One last truth or dare, and it—it it starts with baseball, but it will not stay there. So I was not aware oh of God. this until very. Don't worry, it won't. It won't stay there. <laughs> I was not aware until a couple of days ago that uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, who are in first and are allowed to make the playoffs and are a very dangerous team. Are planning to split their games, I think, starting next season or very soon, between um, stadiums, a new stadium somewhere in Florida, either Tampa, Tampa, or can't remember where else in Florida, or and I'm sorry, one stadium in Florida and one in Montreal, and they're gonna put a, they're gonna release a logo during the playoffs on the field that amalgamates Tampa and Montreal, and baseball's pissed because they don't want anything to distract from. The playoffs and I find the truth here is that like I can't imagine anybody cares like as good as the Rays are they're like I can't imagine another good team in any sport proposing this and so few people caring but what I wanted to ask about you the, the dare level of this is if you could apply some level of restorative justice to the world and return any one team that has ever moved back to where they came from who would it be
2: it's the easy answer.
0: It's yeah. Seattle. I mean, why? What about besides
1: Horrible. Seattle? Yeah, Seattle's my two. Seattle's excellent. Seattle's number two. Take the
2: Colonels back to Kentucky. Damn it! <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's good. Just
2: kidding. They There's- were bought out of the ABA. They weren't replaced necessarily. So
0: what about the Nets? No, it's it's yeah.
2: It's this yeah. It's Seattle. What about the Nets?
0: Yeah, back to yeah. Jersey. Poor New Jersey. It's so
2: close. They're so close. I think the Jersey fans are just now taking the train.
0: Yeah, no. nobody's upset by that move. No, no, they—they they
2: are. The only people who are upset are the players who now pay higher taxes, <laughs> <laughs> but they get to live in Brooklyn. So they're doing okay. They're doing all right. They're fine. Yeah. What's my your- answer
1: is the Montreal Expos because they mm-hmm. never should have been taken out in the first place. But I don't want them to steal someone else's team. What What were you gonna say, Jonah?
0: What about the Raiders? I feel like the Raiders. That's a tough one. You know, that's that's
2: pretty. Oh, the Rams as well. That was that was pretty bad. I think I remember stories about the workers being, um, you know, just left high and dry when the Rams moved. So I remember that one as well. Wait, can I? So can I ask two
0: truth or dare questions uh, before you go, Haley? Because you tell sure. So on, you are. uh, You know, we're we're amateurs at this game. You're a professional. Which NBA fan base would you say gives you the the most shit for for what you say on your podcast? Who who are the toughest to deal with?
2: And well, first of all, podcast is a beautiful thing because people don't really hate listen. People will hate watch. People will hate read, but they don't mm-hmm. really hate listen. So we don't get actually that much of it. I've had I had um somebody. I think the only the only mean thing actually ever was and no, it wasn't mean, sorry, the only feedback ever that was like um was constructive criticism, and it was somebody um saying after we had an episode about um domestic violence and sexual assault in the n b a that they were upset that we had limited to uh marginalized genders because it it does happen um mm. to boys and men as well, and so i i I was emailed him back, and I was like, you're totally right, and I felt really bad, but Um, that's really the only, you know, but again, it was constructive and it was necessary and the guy was so nice too. And like, (laughs) Mm. so no one really hate listens, but people do hate read. And from the people who have, from that, from my, um, past life, it depends because the most regular people who get upset or at the, you know, most... Commonly, um, is are Sixers fans, but the people who are the absolute meanest—well, Lakers fans and Sixers fans are actually tied. Probably the meanest people, or that's not right. Let me rephrase that.
1: <laughs> the worst <laughs> comments
2: I've ever gotten. Yeah, yeah, For, yeah. Bucks fans.
1: Wow, the Bucks?
2: No way. Say- <laughs> Death threats. I hope you get raped. Jesus. Yeah, Bucks fans. Fucking Christ. Oh. and that came after. Well, it actually, it's come a couple of times. The first one came after I wrote that, like years ago, before Giannis resigned. That they were going to have to think about it because now is a popular move for players if a team has not given them what they need around to surround them to win. That they. Mm-hmm have the option, now they feel empowered, to leave. Well, fuck me. I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) But Sixers fans and Lakers fans and, to some degree, Boston fans, but I just don't really think that I – that's not my – at least for the last five years, like, it just hasn't – well, the Kyrie stuff, actually. Yeah, yeah. got a lot of criticism. Look,
0: I'm not – you know, there are some terrible Celtics fans. By the way, the Boston media, I think, is the absolute worst – and uh, in, no, I, I honestly, in general, that's shocking. The, what happened to the Midwestern reserved, you know, foe friendly? Maybe it was just
2: one guy and he had like a couple Twitter accounts. I don't know, but that's fucking nuts.
0: Quite rude. <laughs> All right. Other, other question. So I know that you have chosen as your as your diehard Premier League team, Leeds United, really the, the most exciting team of the last couple of years in many ways. A kind, you know, live or die with the aggressive offensive game plan. Uh, the team of the year last year. Now that they are winless in this Premier League season,
2: Jesus,
0: <laughs> are are you in, regretting your investment in a? You know, I don't want to say disappointment of, but really they're they're a big disappointment so far this season. How how do you feel? Well. About
2: that? To clarify a couple of things, last year they really exceeded expectations. Had this season come along last year, I'd, I think people would be not as, as freaked out because the standards weren't set quite as high. Uh, and last year they just really overachieved. It was wonderful. First year since promotion. They're finishing 10th? That's amazing. Second thing to clarify, I'm not a diehard Leeds fan. Okay. I'm a diehard die Bielsa fan. Okay. Ah. Oh. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Actually, we have an episode coming up where I I talked to some people who are um great great soccer potters and I tell them like when he leaves, I'm going with him. I'm out the door.
0: <laughs> how how old is he? Is he approaching retirement or am I am I losing my mind? He's not that old.
2: He's He's someone who's going to need to be occupied by something. And maybe it'll just be like painting after this. But whatever, I'll go to his art shows.
1: Kind of a Don Shula figure. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm I'm happy to break the news today on the Jacobin Sports Show that uh, Bielsa has announced that he will be succeeding Pep Guardiola at Man City when Pep steps down. I don't want to break any hearts, but... My sources on this are pretty... Uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty. Don't
2: pretty, make me cheer for that. Pretty, pretty full of shit. Yes,
1: thank you. Pretty thank non-existent.
2: you <laughs> do not make me cheer for that. So you are know? so soulless. God, you know, have some
1: self-respect. And on that note, that will be I think the end of today's show. I think we've covered everything. Oh, do you have time for one fast craft question? I know you have a meeting coming up.
2: Yes. I okay. do, Well, I've messaged them. I am a little bit late, but yes, we can okay. lightning round it.
1: I'll make it super fast. I know that you are probably potting more now than you are writing. And I'm just curious, as a writer, do you enjoy potting more than writing? Like, do you want to get back into writing more? How is the shift for you? How is your voice as a potter versus a writer to you?
2: On the show, we do quite a bit of narrative episodes. And so if I'm either helping with the script or I'm writing the script myself, that is very fulfilling in a way I didn't know it was. And okay. the producing, um, EPing is also fulfilling in a way that maybe like an editor role would be in writing, but yeah. I miss it so much. And I actually do still write, but it's just like things in my Google docs, cool. little stories and stuff, but okay. I'm hoping I'll get back to it. I'll get back to it. Things are just so busy yeah like you know this the whole day you i you guys heard my spiel before I came on. I was just disheveled, but um things are very busy when they calm down, hopefully, yes, I do miss it a lot Good deal.
1: um any so you have an episode what should our audience be looking out for from you this week or in the near future?
2: We have an episode out um it's featuring Natalie Weiner, who's a great. Uh, oh,
1: we've had her on, yeah. She's yeah, great. she's
2: really good. She I was takes- trying to figure out like what was all-encompassing enough of a position, but I think let's just go with journalists. But she's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. She's did a story for us on WNBA players need to go overseas. Well, <laughs> apostrophe, their need to go overseas, not that they need to, um, and why other countries can offer them more. And what the W is doing to stop them from going. But there's a lot of take and no give. And uh, how it affects their health. It's really good. I think it's important mm-hmm. that it's coming out during the playoffs. Because
1: yeah.
2: these players get eliminated from the playoffs. Or they didn't make it to start with. And the next day they're going yeah. overseas. So I don't think a lot of people realize just how much and how intense it is. They're, they play year-round. Mm-hmm. On Tuesday, we have a very special episode coming out that I am very excited about, but I don't want to re- reveal too much. But it's a, it's going to be really wonderful. Okay,
1: so look out for the Spinster's Pod, featuring both Haley O'Shaughnessy and Jordan Liggins. Um, you can follow Haley on Twitter at Um I have two pieces this week to look out for. My Kate Cunningham piece dropped yesterday, and my Jason Tatum is coming out Friday. Also Friday, my Thibodeau Borges North by Northwest, whatever that is, is going to finally be published. I'm very, 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 very excited about that. I'm not
0: excited, by to... the way, about that. I'm just confused. and But I'm excited to see what, you know, what how you draw that, what the magical realism of Tom Thibodeau is, is something I think we're you'd, all... You'd
1: be surprised. I'll <laughs> tell you, I'll, I will not spoil it, but it does involve Kung Pao Chicken. That <laughs> is in the in States, the so... Follow Jonah on Twitter at JonahB1793, and I can be found at Miranda 613 You can follow the Jacobin Sports Show on Twitter at Jacobin Sports. Email us thoughts, questions, suggestions. We will have more listener email next week, jacobinsports at gmail.com. Our producer is both the chalk and the cheese, Connor Gillies. That is all for this week's episode. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Haley O'Shaughnessy, for being here.
2: Thanks, guys.
1: That was really fun. We will see you all down the line. Take care.